Ever feel like you're living the same day over and over? If mom life feels like an exhausting whirlwind of laundry, dinner, driving, and frustration on repeat, you're not alone. For every other thing we do in life, there's training. But for the most important job, we're just figuring it out as we go. Mom University is here to change that. It will give you the skills and education to break free of old patterns and be a leader in your home. Thanks for enrolling in MomU. Class is about to start. Today's episode is a special one with Ralphie Jacobs. And for this episode, we are going back into the archives. Ralphie from Simply on Purpose and I recorded this episode, I think it's been five years ago now, but this information is as relevant today as it was back then. In this episode, Ralphie talks about sibling rivalry and about what we can do to cut that down. Ralphie has been sharing her parenting wisdom through the years, and she has so much good stuff to share. If you love learning from her, which I'm sure you do, you can listen and learn and meet her at Mom University in April. She'll be joining us in San Diego. She is one of our speakers, and her role there at Mom University is to teach the parenting classes. So we've got two parenting classes from stage on Friday. Ralphie will be sharing her best tools and learning to help us be better parents. If you've followed her for a while, you may know that she is all about positive parenting. And I've learned so much from her that's helped me in my own motherhood. So you're going to love this episode, learning from her and learning from her at Mom University. We hope that you'll join us there. Today's podcast is awesome. You're going to learn so much about how your kids interact and what they learn from sibling conflict and sibling rivalry. I had so many great takeaways from this episode with Ralphie Jacobs. Ralphie, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, This is going to be a great conversation. I want to start off and acknowledge that I sound a little froggy tonight, Um, but I have just had a little throat thing going on. So if I sound different, that is why. And um, I am just super excited for this call because Ralphie is someone who has so much wisdom and so much good good stuff to share. If you are not familiar with her on Instagram, you definitely are going to want to go check her out at Simply On Purpose. Ralphie was recommended by a listener. And as I did my research for this call and and watched her stuff, I was super impressed with all the things that she has to say to parents and really felt like this is going to be, you know, she was recommended by a listener, but I was telling her before the call, the topic is a little bit selfish for me because we're going to talk about sibling rivalry. And that is a topic I know so many people can benefit from, but I know it's going to help me personally because we have a little of that going on in our family. So a little bit more about Ralphie. She lives in Texas with her husband and her four daughters She studied early childhood education and has worked as a preschool teacher, and she also learned that the best way to impact a child's life for good is to teach parents, and so that's when she started her Instagram account. She writes about parenting, family culture, and living with purpose, and she also travels the country teaching workshops on positive parenting, so you guys are in for a big treat today. This is going to be good. So, Ralphie, to start off with, Tell us a little bit more about you and 
why you feel called to talk to parents. So you, you obviously studied childhood education and you taught preschool. Why the shift from, you know, teaching children to teaching their parents? Well, you know, honestly, my true passion is children. It really is. I love children and I always have loved children so much. Um, I feel like the shift happened when I recognized that I could only impact a child's life for an hour or two and I could love on that child unconditionally for that short amount of time. But what truly would change their lives forever is the model that we set and the environment that we set within our homes. So I wanted to have long-term impact on a child's life. And I wanted to also create generational change to break generational cycles, to kind of create a new family tree for a family if they're struggling. I wanted to just basically encourage and strengthen families and to add joy and happiness and ability to thrive for each child. That is a big and powerful mission. And it's, it's true, you know, you're only with the little ones for a short amount of time, but if you can change their home, that's power right there. Before we go any farther, tell us a little bit more about you and your home, about your kids and your family and anything you want us to know about you guys. Uh, yeah. So I have four daughters. I have a doll collection in my house. I'm kind of <laughs> living the dream every, every day. Get to do dress up my dolls. But I have a 15 year old daughter, 12, eight and four. And so they're very loud and very rambunctious. I love I love the energy in my home. It's it's a lot of fun. It's also a lot of emotions, but we work really hard to create an environment where it's encouraging growth, where it's encouraging resilience and also looking for the good in each other and supporting each other. So that's just a little bit about me and my family. That's so fun. So I have four boys. So it's a totally different energy over here. And uh, <laughs> this will be fun as we talk to kind of yeah. hear the differences. I also have one girl. I, I always say that, like I have four boys but and a girl. I don't want to <laughs> leave her out. She's my oldest, and we are so glad that we have a girl in the mix too. How do your girls get along? <laughs> oh, people ask me this all the time. They are sisters. They are sisters. They love each other. They are safest with each other, and that goes, that's kind of a double-edged sword, right? They, they feel unconditionally accepted, but they also are, are, them tr are their true selves in our home. Like every, all the barriers are broken down, and so they practice a lot of things that we'll learn about here and just a little bit about through sibling rivalry that, that they learn while they rival. And so, yeah, they, they're, they're truly true sisters. And here's, an, here's another little side note is that I welcome that because I do recognize that children will behave like children. I don't expect them to know all of the social intricacies that an adult understands. And I'm actually grateful that they feel safe in my home to learn all of those things with each other. That's awesome. And that is the kind of home environment we all want. I want to highlight one thing that you said. You said that they're safest with each other. How do you cultivate that in your home? How have you made that possible? Oh, that's a really good question. So <clears throat> stepping back a little bit, 
we all we all behave a certain way because of what happens to us when we do it. So behavior shaped by consequences. And as a child behaves a certain way and we give it a reward, then that behavior is stronger. So if we pay attention to our children while they're rivaling, while they're arguing with each other, we're making that behavior stronger. We're strengthening it. And we're actually adding to the list of things that they'll argue about in the future. And so what we want to send a message to our kids is what we will engage in, what we will intervene in, and what we will not intervene in. So we have to kind of create a boundary there. But once we've created that boundary, we can actually parent with more compassion because we're choosing when to engage fully out of love, ready to go, ready to connect. And we're not doing it feeling like we're being completely sucked dry and we're angry by the time we intervene. We keep our heads cool and we keep that adult-like behavior while making those decisions about when to step back and let them let them learn those things while they're performing what I like to call behavioral junk or behavioral noise. They're just making noise or they're producing junk and then re-engaging when they're behaving well. Oh my goodness. Okay, this is just right for me already. Like I need to hear this. So, okay, how do we then as parents, tell us how you do it. You see the kids <laughs> and they're arguing and then what? What do you do at that point? Okay, sure. So, so sibling rivalry, it drives all parents up the wall. I mean, that's the truth. Like it makes us all crazy, right? But to recognize that it's characteristic of every child, it's in every home. And in fact, studies say that it's in an average of 10 minutes every hour in every home, 10 minutes every hour. Wow. So that's really high. So giving that perspective, the goal is to just keep it within a tolerable range. So you'll, we just tend to give it so way, way too much attention. And again, going back to behavior shaped by consequences, people do what they do because of what happens to them when they do it. So it's very, very unlikely for a person to produce a behavior without any reward at the end. And giving attention to a child is the number one reinforcer for a behavior. A parental attention specifically is number one reinforcer. And so, in fact, many parents, sorry, many um, parenting experts will call sibling rivalry actually sibling conflict. And when a parent inserts themselves into that rival, it's then, then it's called sibling rivalry. So it's just sibling conflict when it's between two siblings. But when we triangulate their argument, we add a third person into it. It's called sibling rivalry because all of a sudden they're rivaling for the parent, parent's attention. And, you know, mm -hmm. as, as, as adults, we all get that problems are best solved face-to-face, one-on-one, connecting with that person that we have the issue with. And so, so if my children are producing something to where I feel like there's no danger. I, lo I, think, I look at it and say, is there danger? If, do I see danger? And if there's not danger, then I consciously decide to not intervene because what happens is that if we do intervene, it will decrease maturation in the child and it will actually decrease resilience. So if there's no danger, then not intervene and allow them to learn a lot of amazing things that children learn through rivalry. And I can talk about the things that they learn through rivalry if you want me to. Yes. I want to get to that, but I have some questions <laughs> yeah, about ahead, this. Ahead. Because yes. what about 
See, this is the difference between girls and boys here. Because when mm-hmm. my boys fight, there is danger. Like someone is beating on someone physically. They're, you know, sitting on someone and pounding on them. So sometimes I feel like, gosh, I better save that kid who's, you know, being beaten <laughs> with a rod or whatever. Being um, pounded on. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So there's that. Two mm-hmm. things I, I want would love for you to speak to. One is, you know, the physical. And then the other one is sometimes I, I actually try to put this into practice and try to let them work things out by themselves. And a lot of times after the conflict is over, my boys will come to me and say, you never do anything. You don't like you or, like you never do anything to him. You never bust him basically for (laughs) doing whatever he did to me. So they're looking at this situation and looking at me trying to let them work it out as me not caring. So I'd love for you to speak to both of those points. Okay. So first of all, the hitting (laughs) and pounding. So that's, that's harder for a mother because mothers tend to have more of like um, their emotional intelligence is like connectivity so it's more verbal it's talking it's expressing themselves through their words and male emotional intelligence is more physical it's kinesthetic and and the brain is growing and building scaffolding to their prefrontal cortex which is like the reasoning the creativity like the problem solving part of their brain that high level of thinking that we want our kids to learn how to do they're building that scaffolding up to that through working out emotional intelligence. So if you can look at it that way, physicality is just a part, is that piece, that kinesthetic piece that are that males more often show than females. And again, it's hard for a mother, particularly because that's not how we deal with issues, right? Like we just don't problem solve. We don't resolve conflict that way. So it's right. really hard for moms to understand brothers pummeling each other. I would... <laughs> um, If you truly feel like it is consequential, you truly feel like there's true danger, lasting damage to what's going on, then of course, interject, intervene, because that would be the responsible thing to do. And there's a simple strategy there called stop, redirect, reinforce, which just means you stop the behavior, you call the child by name, you get the child to tell you what they're supposed to be doing. That's really important because it engages the brain of the child and teaches the child that the answer is within them and then also redirect the child. So that's the redirect piece. And then reinforce means that you come back. This is a really important piece. Parents often forget this piece. You have to come back in like a minute and reinforce saying, thank you for playing so kindly. You're such a good big brother or whatever it is that you want to reinforce that behavior that you want to make stronger. Another part with you say that they, you know, they point at each other and say, well, you never you know, help me out with this. You never help me out with that. Or he's really hitting me. I would have like a family meeting where everyone is a part of it and, and come up with some ground rules there. Come up with some ground rules. You can even write on a piece of paper and have them put the ideas down about how to be a solution thinker, how to resolve conflict and point them to that when they come to you and they whine or they mope or they tattle or whatever it may be and say, you ha- you're not intervening. And you can say, yeah, remember, we talked about being self-reliant. We talked about working this out and we practiced those skills. Remember, we even role-played them. 
And I know I have complete faith in you that you'll be able to figure this out. And I can't wait to hear how you figured it out. So that's another thing is to just get them on the same page and have that those expectations set on the outset before there's any kind of junk behavior. Oh my goodness. I love that. I can see how empowering that is for the kids and then for the parents too, because then our roles are just so clearly defined. I know when to intervene and I know when not to, and my kids don't have to think that I'm just ignoring them or I don't like them because I'm not intervening, but they know, okay, this is something I can handle myself. And then how empowering for them to feel that way. Like, oh, mom, trust me to handle this. I got this. Exactly. One of my favorite quotes is, and and I, I don't know who it's by, I think it's anonymous, but I don't want you to save me. I want you to stand by me while I save myself. So that's just, that's completely what we're doing with our children is that's our our task is to help our children build and develop tolerance for stress, for anxiety, for discouragement. So to do less and allow them to grow. I mean, really, that's our, our job as parents. Of course, be there. Of course, be there to connect when they're ready to connect. Of course, be ready to teach and to talk about emotions and when they're ready. But when they're yelling and punching and, you know, having, you know, a tizzy fit or whatever it is, they're not ready. Their brains aren't teachable. And so you wait to engage when they're ready. Yeah. Okay. That's so good. All right. Well, you had mentioned the blessings of sibling rivalry, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What are some, why is it good? We we rarely think about it as being a good thing. Yeah. So that this is, comes as a really a big surprise when I talk about this. I almost, I almost say like, oh, I'm kind of an advocate for sibling, sibling conflict or sibling rivalry, however you want to um, talk about it, because there's so much learning and so much growth that comes from it, as long as it's done in a healthy way. So here's the five things. The first thing is that they learn correct social behavior. So they learn the push and pull of society. They learn when going far is too far and you know and then their their brother hits them back or their sister bites them and we are really grateful for that truly because we're I mean I'm so glad that my 15 year old isn't still biting people right (laughs) she's learned if I bite somebody's gonna hit me back or bite me back or cry and go tattle and so they're learning all of these social cues and all of this kind of correct social communication that, that they don't know. Well, I mean, we know because we're adults, but our children don't have that adult knowledge and that adult wisdom. So they need to learn all of that in a safe place, which is the home. The second thing is that it's actually bonding with their sibling, which is kind of ironic. We would never think that, but it's very true. Having that kind of rivalry is it's a very important part of the bonding process between siblings. Uh, I can remember one time like completely chucking a comb at a sister and it hitting her in the head and her coming right after me and pulling my hair and knocking me down to the ground and, <laughs> and kicking me while I'm down and and now we laugh about it and we're like yeah it was so funny I was just yeah I was so mad at you do you remember when you tried to think of the meanest name you could ever think of and it wasn't even a mean word at all <laughs> and I'm like yeah you know so that bonding process I mean we think they're gonna kill each other right And we think, oh, no, they're going to hate each other forever. And I have, you know, two daughters where I really did think that for a while. But they grow out of it. 
they bond together. And as long as it stays within a healthy range, it's, it, it works really well to build that connectivity and that safety with each other, being completely safe with each other. The third thing is that they learn how to resolve conflict. They learn how to compromise. They learn how to walk away. They learn how to ignore, ignore if they need to ignore. And they learn that they are not the center of attention, that they're not the center of the world, and that it's not always about them. They need to give a little to get a little. And I think that's that one is really important with today's world and with children that are growing up in today's world is that to just learn how to give and to learn how to compromise. The fourth one is endure. They learn how to endure. So they learn how to dig their heels in and say, I don't want to, you can't make me, this is, this is not right. I'm saying no, and I'm going to endure even if it gets hard. I'm, you know, I'm just going to put my feet down firmly and, and not be, and be immovable. And then the last one is they learn to forgive. And this is the one that a lot of parents deny. They kind of thieve it away from their children because they want the contention, the arguing in their home to stop and to stop abruptly. And that's, that's thieving away that kind of closure, that forgiveness and um, moving on with, with their lives in a gentler way. And they do that. If you, if you just listen for a while and this, the screams will turn to laughter or, you know, and then they just move on. Children are miraculous in the way that they can move on. Parents are usually the ones that are holding the grudges and, be, and are grumpy for <laughs> 10 to 15 <laughs> minutes afterwards. So, yeah, those are all oh. the great things that you learn. When those are rival. so, so many great things. And as you were talking and explaining all those, I was thinking back to my own siblings and, you know, some of the things that we got into growing up, but it does, it is very bonding and definitely more so, you know, looking back, but even, even when you're young, I mean, what a great training ground to learn all these things. And what especially stands out to me is that last point of forgiveness. I know for me, if I am upset with someone and they don't want to talk about it and I want to talk about it, oh, it's so frustrating because I just need to get it out and I need to come to this resolution. And when we, uh, that just really hit me, when we don't let our kids do that, we're robbing them of that opportunity. I never really thought about it like that before. Just as parents, yeah, you just want them to stop, just stop fighting. And we're not thinking about, you know, that they have this problem that needs to come to its resolution like any conflict. Yeah. And to feel empowered with their, you know, with their own individual self to create that full circle on their own. And the more often that they do that, the, the stronger their ability to resolve conflict becomes. It's really... It really is quite quite a great thing for kids to give them that ability. Yeah, that's awesome. So any other thoughts for us on parents' role and how we mm. play into this sibling rivalry, the things that we do that makes it worse? <laughs> well, actually, one of the things besides giving it a lot of attention, <laughs> which we do, and that really does make it worse. It makes it, it makes those behaviors really strong because, oh my goodness, a child's brain is wired to want to 
be with us and look to us for everything. And so when we show up and we're the star of the show, they're like, awesome, here she comes. <laughs> Can't wait to have her come and hang out with us for a while. Let's make it the act most action-packed three minutes ever. So that, giving it too much, too much attention, but the next piece I would say and really recommend is to is to focus on each child for an X amount of time every week. And it's called, it's called special time or one-on-one -on -one time or whatever you want to call it. But you just focus on that child for 15, 20 minutes. And what that does is it creates a significant decline in sibling rivalry. And the reason why is because you're giving that child that special time and you're creating a space for him or her in your home. So they don't have to rival for it. They don't have to fight for it. You're telling them that they belong, that they're wanted, that they're safe. And so it's, it's, it's very, very validating to define a space in your home for that child and to say, you know what? I am going to put everything aside, no, zero screens, and we're going to do exactly what you want to do. What do you want to do? Do you want to paint a picture? Do you want to do fingernails? Do you want to play with your Legos? Do you want to do a puzzle? Whatever that may be, and you just focus on that child, it really, really helps with sibling rivalry. You're just, it's like spoon feeding love and like acceptance to them if you do it. So when you have a big family, like both of us do, how do you work that in to your week? Do you have <laughs> like a set day for each kid or how do you make it happen? So yeah, I would, I, I would definitely schedule it, schedule it. If it's a priority, you want to make sure that if you're really struggling with sibling rivalry, make it a, make it a priority and schedule it out and you'll watch it will significantly decline the rivalry. I would, what I've done before in the past is done like 15, 20 minutes on a Friday afternoon. And I just set the timer and they come into my room with whatever activity they want to do. I, I just like give them eye contact. And I ask them lots of questions and let them, you know, like, oh, that, you're just the greatest thing in the world. I can't, you know, I can't believe how lucky I am to be your mom. And just, just spoon feed them all the things that they need so desperately because we're so distracted in today's world. But then, you know, the timer beeps and I give them a hug and a kiss and say, thanks for spending the time with me. And then we, <laughs> then, then, then. Then I move on to the next one. And yeah, it does take time, but I need it too. I need to connect with them as well. If you can't do it that way, I've also heard studies that say that kids just need nine minutes, nine minutes at the crossroads. So nine, three minutes in the morning before they go to school, three minutes when they get home and three minutes at night when you put them to bed. Whatever you can do to create space for your child in your home, giving them one-on-one -on -one attention. Yeah, I have definitely seen that make a difference. And it just speaks to your earlier point that, you know, kids are seeking that attention. And so when we fill that in another way, when we give them attention for the right things, just for being our kid, just because we love them, yeah. they aren't going to seek that so much from, you know, fighting with their brothers and sisters. So right. that's so good. And you made like you made a little point there that I, I wanted to reiterate that's really important is that special time is not a reward for good behavior or a reward for whatever. And you can't take it away. It's just there. It's just there. It 
it's just something that you do because you love them, because you want to connect with them. Yeah. And that's so powerful because I think that just shows them, you know, your, your love for them. So much of what we do, you know, as parents, sometimes we have to take the hard road and you can't have this and, you know, whatever privileges and consequences and those kind of things. But it is so important to just have something, some things that are not connected to that good behavior. They're just there, just cause, just cause we love them just how they are. So this has been so good. I have so many things from this conversation that I am excited to put into practice with my own family. Any final thoughts for our listeners today? Well, I always like to leave with the last thought is the to just look for the good in your kiddos. That's another really great way to decrease sibling rivalry, actually, is to just look for the good in them. Because a child who feels well will behave well. So if they feel like you see the good in them and you're actually consecrating that with positive consequences, you're giving them a lot of encouragement and reinforcement for the good that they do, they won't have any juice, any energy to create junk because they don't need to. They've already been given all of the, the positive reinforcement that they that they need. And so that's why that's why I'm such an advocate for positive parenting. It creates within your child a desire to love to do what is right because they see all of the good things that come into their life when they do it. So that would be my last thing to look for the good in your kid. I love it. I think that that's something we can all do. That's a great final thought among many that we can put into practice from from this episode. So thank you, Ralphie, so much for being on the show today. Oh, you are so very welcome. Yes, and everyone, you're going to want to go on Instagram at Simply On Purpose and follow Ralphie. You will be so glad that you did because there's so much good stuff there. Wasn't that a great episode? I just love Ralphie and I know you will too. We hope that you can come and meet with both of us as well as all of the other amazing experts and other moms who will be there at Mom University. For details, visit universityformoms.com or email me with any questions, hello at universityformoms.com. Thanks for listening. If you're a mom whose days feel like Groundhog's Day and you find yourself wondering what you're doing it all for, join us at our in-person Mom University event. You'll get the support, tools, and help to become the mom you want to be. For details, go to universityformoms.com.